DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Watch a little bit of that, uh, that Aggie game. I know there were multiple things going on, but that was uh, not the start I expected. CSU is a 20-point underdog. You know, here they are leading 7 nothing, 14-7, 21-14. I watched it uh, right in that very room where Young Yawk is. Yeah. Yeah. Big Brian. What do we, do we call him the brown bear? Brown bear, Brian Brown. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he was uh, working the board, and I was here for the Seeger concert. So I didn't pay attention to the opening act. And so he had it on the computer in there. And we had the Ute game on and the screen that's just above Yawk. Way to get her done. Yeah. Nice. So I was in there. Uh, and I got I got here at like 6 o'clock in time for the game. So, yeah, I saw most of it, actually. The, the second half was what I expected. Um, the weather should have slowed down the offenses and all that. But love throwing a couple picks and throwing a pick six. I'm going to fumble inside the uh, yeah. five-yard line. CSU is terrible defensively against the run. Everybody's running on these guys. And I thought the Aggies with two good running backs, a good running, they're, they're really going to control and dominate this game. And it's not like they put up a lot of points in the second half and blew it open, but just the feel watching the game was like, okay, they got this. Whatever that was early, they snapped out of it. And they did. And you don't usually play four great quarters. I mean, that's kind of the nature of college football. There's momentum swings, and another team's feeling good and make a place for a little while, even if they're not going to win the game. Plus, it's a conference game. Yeah. And conference games are funkier. There's a familiarity with the opponents. You really want to beat them because, you know, you're somebody like a CSU. You're not going to go anywhere based on non-conference. It's going to be what you do in your conference games. Those eight conference games are going to be the difference in whether you consider your season consider your season a success or not. So with that in mind, they're going to be more amped up. So they can lose to Toledo and what whatever. That doesn't you know, you're trying to win that ball game, but it's not like the next week. When you're coming into Utah State, which has got a rep now. I mean they've got a rep as a pretty good football program at the Mountain West level. So they're going to be jacked up to play you. So I account for some of those crazier things that'll happen in a conference game that you won't necessarily see in a non-conference game. The bottom line is that they found a way to win and a funky night with the rain when we had yeah. rain here a little bit down here, but it, obviously it was, it was worse, worse up, up there. there. The storm was more to the north and some of those places north of those guys they got dumped with the full snow. Man. Yeah. They had a winter storm in that way. So, you know, Things happen. They found a way to win the ball game. They're two and zero in conference. That's what matters the most to me. That's a mark of a good team. You know, you anybody can win if you're if you're just hitting on everything and things are looking great. But finding ways to grind wins out. That's more of the mark of a a quality team in my mind. When things are going great, yeah, you can gravy train anything. But when things aren't and you're getting tested and you're tied or you're losing. Especially when you're the favorite, because it's easier for a CSU to play looser. They're in your stadium, and you're a 20-point favorite, as you just alluded to. There's some pressure. I saw the pressure with the Utes in the Coliseum. You, you could just saw, practically see something that is invisible. The pressure on those guys, that it got to them in that SC game. We're favorites. We're supposed to win. Oh, my gosh, we're a playoff contender. All these things. I think that's what the Aggies faced a little bit on Saturday, and they still found a way to win. Through no credit of their head coach. Yeah, he was just long for the ride. Wasn't I know, he? again. <laughs> that guy. <laughs>
Bad guy. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Gary Anderson joins us now. We did that because we were just told he was on the line listening and he couldn't talk. So we figured why not torture him. Yeah. Gary Anderson joins us on the Sprint special guest line. Lease any handset and get an iPad for ninety nine ninety nine. Visit the local Sprint store near you. I don't know how early you were on the line. We were talking about grinding out wins. They can't all be pretty. You can't win every week by 40. But even in the games you grind out, I think there's two kinds of games. There's the game where you can't pull away, you're, in, you're ahead, it's going back and forth. But to fall behind three different times, it's like three different gut punches. What are we doing losing this game? We're supposed to be in it. Okay, now we tied it up. Now we're behind again. Do, is it something you say at halftime? Is it something that players have to say to other players? Because after a while, they don't want to hear from the coaches that's the one constant across 130 college football teams. At some point, everybody you know has heard the coach's speeches before. What does it when it's 21-14 and you're down for the third time? Well, I just think it's your culture, and I completely agree. It's not uh, it's not some rah rah speech, and I believe it's you know it's preparation, it's belief in each other, and uh, it's uh, it's a feel. Um, and these kids have done a great job with that. It was like that at Wake Forest, and that's the first time you experience it when you're in a tight ball game at the end of the game, and it was like that at Wake Forest, and these kids battled, and that one didn't end up going our way at the end. But they fought right down to the last snap, and I thought their eyes were good. And, gosh, it's a, it's a great feeling as a coach when you know that the kids are going to go compete. And uh, we try to coach them that way all year long as far as just, you know, it's – it's not some secret song that gets you excited to play a football game. It's not uh, some secret T-shirt that you've worn since ninth grade that allows you to play good. It's not, you know, it's not because it's your lucky day. Um, it's about preparation and fighting. And when you get in those tight moments, you got to keep battling. And as much as you talk about that, as much as you work in the off season for that, and the summer training and all the things you do, the kids still have to believe in it. And it's great to see these kids keep fighting when they get in those spots. And you know we're we're in a spot right now. We're two and zero in league, um, and there's a handful of plays that allow you to be two and zero, and that's it. Period. End of story. And that's awesome to see that we've made those plays to be in that spot. Uh, so I'm proud of the kids for battling and keep on fighting. And um, you know, a lot of times the, the coaching part's overrated. You got to battle and make plays, and, and recruiting is a big part of it. But just hey, making plays at the end when you have to, or even in the second quarter. We had we had one play in this game, and not to ramble, but Dalton Baker they complete the big ball. The the cornerback gets beat, catch it. They battle. There's a fumble because the corner keeps fighting his tail off. It's a tie score at that point. Dalton Baker, defensive end on the backside, runs 60 yards and, and recovers a fumble and is the first guy to the ball 60 yards down the field when he came back across the other side. And that may save the game. That may have been the play that won the game. So it's, it's special to see those kids keep fighting and competing. But it's them that believe in it. It doesn't matter what a coach thinks. Yeah, you know, I know you're supposed to stay in the moment and not worry about anything else, but and I think Utah has has battling that a little bit this year. When you're the favorite, and you obviously you were a heavy favorite, I know you don't pay attention to it, but with everything that's out there, kids hear stuff. How do you stay as focused when an underdog is trying to make its season by beating you, and the pressure's really on you and not them? Yeah, well, again, I think it's... Uh 
there's a lot of respect to the opponent, but Colorado State is a perfect example of that. Yes, they were, came in the game, and they, they'd won one game at that point, but we knew what they had done on offense, and they'll pop out there, and they'll gain your respect as far as what they'd done on the offensive side of the ball. And, you know, they had, they had had their moments on defense where they had played. So we always try to present an honest picture of the opponent to the kids, um, and we've always believed in that. I've always believed in that as throwing who they're playing, what, what this is this guy, this is that guy. We match up well here. This is going to be a tough matchup there so on and so forth and I just think the preparation allows you to be able to respect your opponent um, and not listen to the outside noise especially when the season is so young I mean these guys had an opportunity the Colorado State has had an opportunity to win a bunch of football games it just hasn't gone their way for whatever reason um, but as you go through time you know you become uh, you become the hunted. And I believe our offense is much under that attack right now. Um, the way that we got offenses played or defenses played last year, you know, against this fast-paced offense and is much different than the way we've been played this year. Um, and that's because coaches prepare. Coaches look at things and they say, holy cow, guys, if we do this, this is what's going to happen. And not all of a sudden it's going to change. Uh, and so they've prepared differently for this offense. And uh, you need to beat man coverage now. Whereas, you know, we sat last year and said, oh, maybe can't, couldn't people line up to it. As we watched the film, that was their base quarters was their scheme, zone was their scheme. Well, we're not seeing that anymore. Now we need to understand that we need to beat a new type of uh, defense to be able to be successful on offense, and we need to get better ourselves in the red zone in those situations because people are playing as different there also. So, uh, you know, it grows and develops. You teach your team to be able to handle situations. All you have to say, all those things, but respecting your opponent, I think, is huge, whether you're a favorite, whether you're an underdog. But you do become the hunted when you've had success. That's the bottom line. So I'm curious about the red zone because the more I watch football, the more I think so many games are decided there. You can have all the stats, but if you don't get the last yard, you don't get four points. You get three instead of seven. It costs you four points not getting the last yard. Your running game with Bright and Warren, do you have a lot of options in the red zone that are going to kind of sustain you over the course of this season? Well, we need we we need to, um, and the spread offense typically um, is not nearly as powerful. I would suppose I would say as is in the open field when the field gets closed down. Those safeties are sitting there in the end zone. They're in a much different uh, position to be able to play different types of coverages. They're in a position to be able to get down in the run game a little bit faster. Um, so it's you know. It is more difficult, in my own personal opinion, the the spread offense in the red zone is it's more difficult to score than it is if you get yourself packed in and try to create bigger gaps and, and cause some people some problems in running the football. Um, and that's not who we are right now in our situation. We are spread offense when we get down in those situations, and we've remained a spread offense. But it's uh, we need to be better in the red zone. Um, our run game has improved. We've done some nice things in the run game the last couple weeks, which has been good and we need to see that kind of push us through in the red zone or have those plays you know if you have if you want to run your quarterback a whole bunch in the spread offense it's pretty good to run the quarterback in the red zone and but we don't want to run Jordan Love 15 20 times in the season in the red zone that's not what we want to do if we have to run him we will um, and he'll want to run but in our offense the it, it's productivity in the red zone has got to get better um, with our spread offense so I got to apologize, Gary. I wasn't believing you when you were saying one and one A with your running backs. I thought Warren had superseded Bright, and as the former receiver with Bright, I don't know how much confidence I had him. But he was simply sensational on Saturday. And so what you were saying about that capability really came to pass. 
how cool is it to have, and I know Warren had a, an injury in that, so I don't know what it is going forward, but to have multiple running backs that you can count on. Well, first of all, it kind of hurts my feelings you don't believe me. <laughs> <laughs> nice. After all this time. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it's it, it's been that way. You know, to me, G. Bright, he earned his – here in his way uh, long ago um, from our first day when we walked in here as a team leader and all the things uh, that he has earned outside of the football field but on the football field we've always had that belief in him and uh, you know I, I just really believe that with those running backs their day will come and it may be the first couple three games like it was with Jalen and you know G. Bright just didn't have those opportunities for those big runs it just didn't happen for him and you know there's a couple of those ones that you know Jalen ran downhill and there's a great big giant hill and he ran a great big giant hole and he ran really fast through it and did some great things and had those powerful runs and the thing about Gerald in this last game that was so amazing is 179 yards however many carries it was but the longest run was 15 yards I mean that is a physical grinding just beat it down usually when a guy has 179 yards there's an 80 yard run in there there's a 65 yard run in there or whatever that really got him over the top but it was it was physical it was a grinding grinding uh day for him and we we had to ride him in that situation because obviously Jalen got hurt and you know Riley's able and capable to come in but uh we need a third back well honestly quite honestly we do need a third back that we can walk in there and say okay now it's your turn and is that going to be Riley consistently doing that is it going to be Enoch going to walk in there and do that now because we need the same physicality of those first two in our third back and we haven't found that yet so you have a little bit of a reputation as a grinder. Was your favorite play in the game, and you told us already, you told us about one of your favorite plays, but you stand a guy up, you strip him of the ball and run it for a touchdown to put you up by 10. Was that really your favorite game? I mean, there's no X's and O's and all that. Just It was a rugby scrum. Just ripped the ball away from him. Yeah, and it's the second time the kid's done it. So, yeah, it probably would be my favorite play because it was a, an absolute humongous game changer. Um, you know, three-point lead all of a sudden turned around to a ten-point lead, and then we're able to kind of run the clock out from there and, and grind some things out to, to give them very few opportunities. But Woody is such a the, – the, the coaching's over on that play, right? I mean, there's not a lot of coaching that's going on in that situation, that scenario. That is just – uh, ability that's want that's want to that's care factor and it's just kind of having it. I mean, Woody's got it. He just he just walks into the scrum. He did the exact same thing at Wake Forest, um, but we got that mystery magical defensive PI called on that one. Um, that so it didn't count as a touchdown. But uh, there's no doubt that he has a knack for making special big plays. And you know, Woody made it in that situation, and he's continually done it. And he, you know, I think he's second in the league now in tackles. But the big plays he makes uh, consistently go. And he keeps grinding to get better and better and learning. He's learned a lot of football this year under Coach Anna. There's a lot of things that he's learned in a different type of defense that have been good for him. But his special playmaking ability is uh, that's all that's all him. That's that's not us as coaches or other people out there doing it. It's fun to watch that happen, though. So now you got LSU and the LSU program that we've seen over the years is one that they don't necessarily have great offense, don't throw the ball very well, good running backs and some defense and all. But you look at this year, their quarterback, Barrow, I think he's a transfer from Ohio State, he's thrown for something like 1,200 yards, and they've got a quarterback to match all that skill talent that they've had that they haven't had, and that just makes it how do you defend these guys given the fact that they seem to be much more potent than they've been in recent years? Yeah, they, uh, they're they really, really rolling in all areas, um, you know, Coach Rand's defense is playing at a very high level, and the offense is, 
you know, you just throw on the Vanderbilt tape, and that's the tape I watch first. And uh, they're up and down the field and big chunks of yardage and just kind of going up and down the field at will. Um, and I've got great respect for that defensive staff and um, at Vanderbilt. So it'll be a, a definite challenge. You know, uh, we're looking forward to the opportunity. It's You're going to go down there and they're whatever they are, number four, number five in the country, and they've got a great football team. And um, it's, uh, it's the setting is the setting that uh, one of the great settings, I suppose, in college football that there is. And you know, we're playing them at a time in the year that's very awkward, could be quite frankly. Uh, to be quite frank, it's not. It's way different. You play these guys the first game of the year versus playing them the fifth game of the year. It's just it's just awkward. Um, but it, it, the this, this schedule is there. The schedule is made. We've known it's been there for a long time, and we're excited about preparing and going and playing them. You mentioned Wake Forest in your previous answer. They're undefeated and ranked 20th in one poll, 22nd in the other. Does that make it easier for you when you look back at that opener, or does that make you, you, you it bugs you even more because you could have had them? <laughs> Probably tweaks you a little bit more. In all actuality, to you know, you're a play away from from uh, potentially being four and zero. But like I said, we're you know this team is is we're two and zero in conference, and we've had two dogfights on our hands, and we found a way to make enough plays to win them. So I I really believed at the first of the year with this schedule that we had that it is there is going to be a whole bunch of just big boy grinded out football fights, and uh, we've won you know two of those three the fist fights that we've been in and that have gone down to the wire. Um, and I believe there's more out there. And I think whoever wins this league or gets to the championship game on their side is going to be in four or five of these battles um, as it goes through the year. There's just a lot of teams that are playing well, and it kind of goes back and forth. And there may be a team that sneaks up and, oh, well, they shouldn't do this on paper, but they're going to go challenge whoever that may be in the conference that's still in the in the fight. So um, there's battles out there, and we're uh, we're blessed to be 2-0 and in conference and moving ourselves on to the next conference game, which is Nevada. But uh, the task at hand right now is LSU. Yeah, and you've mentioned multiple times you are 2-0, and and I think the success of your season, justifiably so, should be based on those eight games, not to ignore the other games, but your conference getting to the division title and then finding a way to get in the, the title game and win that and so forth. So with that in mind, and I mean, I know you're approaching to win the LSU game, but mm-hmm. it's going to be difficult. We all understand that. And the last thing you need is to have guys get beat up for the rest of your conference season. And you do have one more with the Cougars that is not a conference game. So how do you approach that going in, knowing that you're going to have those two dogfights that you've already had going forward? You're going to have several more. You play, well, played eight conference games, so you got six more. And then the Cougar game always is, always, is obviously extremely emotional. So what's the approach going to be as far as LSU? Exactly the same, you know, and I, you just have to. That's that's the that's where you're at, and um, this is the next game, and um, it's a big game. We'll never walk into a game and say, hey, well, this guy's not going to do this or this guy's not going to do that because we're going to get him ready. And if our if our kids are, are ready to play, um, I can promise you this: they want to play in this football game, whether they're uh, on the training list right now, and uh, they're going to fight their tails to get ready to play physically this week and the kids that are physically ready to go today will jump out there and start their preparation so we won't look at it any different um again i look at it as you know it's it is a bit awkward um, when you have two of these games that are non-league in the in the, the middle of the season and obviously one of those is byu and that's kind of the normal normal situation um and that game as we all know is different it's a rivalry game but to sit here and have the non-conference foe in this spot i've never done it i've never that i remember maybe there's been that spot before but uh 
you know, it is it is where it is, and our we will play everybody that uh, is prepared to play and is uh, healthy to play, and every one of our kids that is prepared to play and healthy to play will want to play. So that's how we're approaching it. Should I believe you when you say that, or does that hit a nerve with PK? What's that? <laughs> well, he didn't believe you earlier. <laughs> So, oh, I'm waiting to see. He doesn't it. believe now. He doesn't believe that one either. Well, well, I, no, no, that was me. I'm wondering about that one. I'm wondering. Yeah. That's true about most guys on the roster, but I can see a guy or two. There's the gray area. You can go, even though you're not 100. percent Those are the guys. I wonder if I'll I'll see when you kick it off at LSU. Yeah, well, there's there there's always that in those situations, right? Okay. To see if they, hey, is there a guy that you know could he would he in the situation as he goes through the weekend? And we got to get the information from the trainers. You're four games into the season, and there is those kids that are in that spot of. You know, there's a week where he can prepare, he can be ready to go, or he can't. And you know, I, I just know this: this this team is excited to compete in this game, um, and and they're going to play hard. But uh, I don't, uh, I w- we won't sit there and say, and I, I really don't think a kid on this team would be like, oh, I'll just, you know, I'll get ready for the bye week and then get ready for Nevada and sit out the LSU game. They they want to go compete on this stage. They they want to go play against the best of the best, and that's what we're doing. You know, we're, right now. The way it is and where LSU is, they are one of the best of the best in the country, and we have an opportunity to line up a play against them. Um, these kids want to do that. I don't. I don't. The competitor wants to do that, and this team is full of competitors. Well, if you win this game, I'll buy you a Coke. <laughs> yeah, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll do. I'll do a lot better than that for you. How about that? <laughs> That'd what's be the, awesome. What's the deal at Angie's? Is it like the whole the whole tub or the whole sink or the kitchen sink, right? Yeah, the kitchen sink. All right, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I can't eat that much ice cream, but I'll, I'll let <laughs> you guys. Seen it. We, we have seen it. Yeah. The yeah, kitchen yeah. sink. We're, the whole team's over there at Angie's right now eating breakfast. So, but there better be no kitchen sinks being eaten this morning. So. <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks, Gary. Okay, guys. Appreciate you. Have a great week. Go Aggies.